Hey, everybody, this is Psychic on the Scene. This is Katie Manning returning for another great episode. I'm here with Michelle Lyons Polito. Hello. <laughs> and our guest today is a dear friend, Barb Nesnik of Willow Tree Wisdom. And Barb is here to talk to us about being a shamanic practitioner as well as an herbalist. So, hello, Barb. Thanks for coming. Hey, Hi, Barb. Katie. Hi, Michelle. <laughs> so great um, to have you here. We've known Barb forever. We, we typically go there for like at the uh-huh. farm and, and hang out and eat. Barb is an ex- excellent, excellent cook, which I cannot say that I am personally. Me neither. <laughs> but um, so we've we've taught classes before together with Barb, and um, so we wanted our listeners to know a little bit more about that modality of using a shaman. So tell us about how. First of all, how you got started, Barb? Really, I got started. Um, you've all seen the movie where. I see dead people. Right. Mm-hmm. So um, that started happening, and I needed to have a way to control it. So um, I think I was learning just about every alternative modality that I could possibly learn, and, and nothing was um, working for you nothing or, was or resonating. So I had a friend of mine as a psychologist, and she suggested I go to this weekend workshop. She was also a shamanic practitioner um, with Sandra Ingerman at Omega, I think. And so that was about 20 years ago. Wow. Wow. And immediately just ignited you. Yeah. It was very, very, it was, I knew that it was what I was looking for. Right. It it resonated with you. That's the beautiful thing. I mean, there's so many different paths to the same truths or to to your own interior truth. And just to always keep looking until you find the thing that clicks. Don't you think? Yep. That's what I tell my students all the time. I really feel that you're led through your own journey to mm-hmm. find those. So tell us and tell the listeners what exactly, um, sir, what is what is a shaman? So the word shaman is, I believe, a Tuvan word, and it means the one who walks between worlds. Mm, I like that. So, um, you know, and a lot of people kind of see shamanism as an, like an out-of-body experience, but the way that I was trained is we should really try to take as much of ourselves with us as we can. So um, a lot of times I'll take people on beginning journeys just to one of the places shamans traditionally journey and have them maybe um, pick up the dirt and taste it, smell it, you know, that kind of thing. So they're uh, trying to engage at least all their senses. And you're mm-hmm. talking about that when they're when they're doing a journeying or meditation. A shamanic journey, yeah. Right. So... They don't use the word meditation. We don't meditate. We journey. You journey. Okay. I like it. It's more active. I, I you know, we've both done hmm. journeying with Barb. Right. And I remember, I mean, I meditate and I go and I journey. Um, and it's, I think they're both, it's a very different feeling for each. And it depends. If I'm in an active mood, journeying's better. Well, I, I actually think that it's a little bit different. Like she'll give us a guideline ahead of time mm-hmm. and then it, we just go like you just you just it's kind of free floating whether you're going to what they call the underworld is it the middle lower world upper world lower upper world, world middle up. world and um but that's it you're not really giving us a lot of like you're not talking so like guided meditation. and typically i do guided meditations because i feel like i need that direction to somebody else to do the driving but when i do that with you it's really and I have to say, the experiences of doing that with you have been pretty life-changing when I've done a journeying. And um, really kind of excited because it's helped me on the next part. The only part, as I just talked about the other night in class, was if you see something during a journey, I, I would come to Barb. One of my journeys 
I, I believe we were looking for our spirit animal. And it was the first <laughs> time I'd ever done it. And I had a classroom full of students, and I had just met Barb. And we were doing it. And what I kept seeing was Sasquatch. I kept seeing Bigfoot. <laughs> so I kept trying to move that image out of my mind as being my spirit guide, thinking, that can't be real. But I kept seeing the film footage from, like, the 1960s of mm-hmm. Sasquatch walking across the clearing. So when everybody got done... Barb was asking, so, you know, what did you see and how did it make you feel? And she gets to me and I sheepishly say, I saw Bigfoot. I saw Sasquatch. (laughs) And I wanted to know what it meant. And Barb's, um, which is classic. Classic Barb. Classic Barb is, um, well, you need to journey on that. You need to figure that out for yourself. (laughs) We're like, damn it. Just tell us. Just tell me. (laughs) Just tell me. But I think that's because we're so spoon fed. Mm -hmm. And um, so it it has been very helpful to, to do that on our own. So as a practitioner, what are some of the things, the trainings that you have to do um, to become a shaman? We, we don't have to do anything. It's not, you know, this is not like a licensed practice, but you should do. Yeah, but people could be calling themselves shamans people and they're do. really not. You know, yeah, we know do. a couple they, of those. They read a book right. or they uh, watch a podcast or something and the next thing you know they're out charging lots of money to um do healing for people but so personally i took all of the um courses that the foundation for shamanic studies offers so the foundation for shamanic studies was founded by michael harner michael harner was i believe an anthropologist and he studied um you know, places in the world where these practices were still being used and realized Mm -hmm. pretty much Christianity and communism did harm to indigenous spiritual practices Mm -hmm. all over the world, but there were still pockets of it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Michael studied all over the world and came to realize that there were certain principles or truths that were common no matter where in the world people were. There were certain um, commonalities, mm. and he called that core shamanism. Oh, interesting. So, okay. um, you know, Michael started the Foundation for Shamanic Studies. By the time I started doing this, Michael was kind of old, you know, so I met him a couple <laughs> kind times. Kind of old. <laughs> um, one of his students was Sandra Ingerman, um, and that's who I did, like, most of my um, core studies with. So Sandy was a grad student at, I think, University of Berkeley, and she thought she would take this easy course with Michael Carner, like easy credit course, and it really became her life. So Michael, I guess, was brilliant, but he was a horrible teacher. <laughs> so um, Sandy wrote all the core courses for the Foundation for Shamanic Studies, and then eventually they had a following falling out, you know, after years and years, and <sighs> um, she kind of does her own teacher certifications, and I've taken that, but... Um, through the foundation and organizations like the Society for Shamanic Practice, I've met some really interesting, like indigenous people or um, people with different ways. And, um, you know, so there's there once you have a really good trusting relationship with I, what I call helping compassionate spirits, mm-hmm. they'll kind I love of that you say drive that. Mm-hmm. your path. So. so if somebody were to contact you and they wanted to what are the kind of services what what do you what are you offering i know soul retrieval so the the main thing that people are looking for is like soul retrieval extraction we do um 
depossession or or psychopomp work also. So that's spirit clearing. You guys are very well aware of that. Yeah. Um, I used to... So, know, But explain to the listeners that you'll see, what those are. You'll see on my website, um, like, that these things are broken into different parts, like soul retrieval or extraction. Um, and what would somebody have a soul retrieval for? So shamanic people believe that there is a spiritual component to all illness. But it, um, so if somebody is sick, if they're chronically sick, that would be an indication um, for a soul retrieval. Um, addiction. Mm-hmm. Uh, um you know, so for me, when I hear somebody say, oh, I just haven't been the same since my father died, or I just haven't been the same since, since the divorce, accident. or I just haven't been the same since the accident, that is an indication that that person needs a soul retrieval, mm-hmm. you know, where they're relating their life to a certain point in time. In indigenous cultures, um, I, I, I had a chance to work with um, Herlinda Ernesto she's passed away and they were Shipibo healers mm. if their children were running and skinned their knee they would do soul retrieval work they believed it was important to keep their tribe spiritually whole mm. so um i think that we were made for this i think that you know you our spirit our souls need to live a lot longer than our bodies and you really would not want your soul in your body for trauma Mm-hmm. So, right. you know, so the soul fragments, it mm-hmm. goes to a place where it's safe. I think that in our design, we, it was okay to fragment because our tribe would come and find us. Bring us back. And bring us back. Um, and then we lost that. So we walk around very fragmented. So, um, and that's what soul retrieval is. It's it's bringing those parts back. I, I know I've sent a lot of, of people to you or people that really Same need here. that. And it's typically because of a relationship um, or a heartbreak, and they just can't seem to um, kind of come back together. And and that has been extremely helpful or a traumatic event through a relationship where you've done that work with them and, and they have, you know, of course, said how great it was and how much better they feel. So how people, how can you move forward if you're not, all in one piece. Right. Mm-hmm. And I think people, they get anchored in their, their trauma or their sadness or tragedy. And it's kind of like being on a, like those dogs that are attached to a dog house. And you can just, that's your circle. You can't, you just repeat that anxiety until you can finally move forward. And I've sent people to you as well. And they just come out feeling like they can move forward in their lives now. So have you had prior to... Uh, like a client or an, a situation coming up, have you had precognizant of that? When do you t- ever take it on? Do you take on the trauma? I know with some Reiki practitioners, they have to be really careful that they don't take on the you, trauma. I learned my lesson pretty early on, you know, when I had like a major heart attack mm-hmm. and there was nothing wrong with and my heart. And it wasn't heart. your heart. Yeah. yeah, and I had said to the client after, and I think... You know, you're, you know that you're supposed to do your protection work, but mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, you're in your own space and you're, you, you've talked you're to somebody on the phone yeah. or maybe it's somebody you know and the flags don't go up and you just skip a step. Mm-hmm. So um, Agreed. I've done then, that. Oh, yeah. And then you end up with, And then I call Michelle and yeah. say, you have to clear me. Yeah. Can you get the you know, goat so man out I of my bedroom? I had somebody's like major heart attack. Oh, and right. then it was like, you know, is there something going on with your heart? Oh, well, yeah, I have you know. <laughs> So I'm really, I don't care. Even if it's one of my kids, I'll do my own 
work first because it keeps everybody safe. What is, uh, you just spoke of the one with a heart attack, what is probably one of the most challenging cases that you've ever had, whether it was spiritual or physical for you? So my favorite case, my favorite case, um, you know, so psychotherapists can't offer this kind of work and they really are not supposed to recommend it. But I had a psychotherapist call and said, I have somebody that she is so broken and I don't believe people are broken. But she said, I don't think that there's any hope for her. And if there's any hope for her, you know, maybe you can find something. So the girl was agoraphobic. She couldn't work. She, but I, but we did a soul retrieval and she is actually one of my favorite students at this point. You know, she's back to work. She has a life. Um, And so that for me was, um, I, I'd have to say my my best. Your work. your best. But I don't do anything, you know. So you say as a, that. No. <laughs> as your a shamanic guide. practitioner, what you do, and that's like, I know I get a little um, pissy about people that take weekend courses and they're shamanic practitioners <laughs> because I was a couple of years learning to clear my ego. You don't right, do anything. You, what you we do facilitate. as a shamanic practitioner is become a, it's what's called a hollow bone so that, you know, your the spirits, the helping compassionate spirits that you partner with can come through and do their job. So, um, you, you know, I, it was, for me, it was a lot of time before I felt comfortable to play with somebody else's life. Mm-hmm. So, because um, that's how I see it, we're 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 playing with people's souls, their lives. And have so, you ever had to walk away from a case that you thought to yourself, <sighs> whatever this is that they're holding on to, not only can I not assist, but maybe they need it in this um, lifetime. There, that there, pain or tragedy. There was one time where some people get very very attached, and you. Mm. That's hard. You get a sense of it. You know. Now, do you so mean attached to you or they to get the pain? attached to their? They become their right. pain, and they can't let it go. And I say, there was one time where I said, I don't think I'm the right person for you. I think you need such and such. But she didn't really want to listen to such and such either because she was um, very attached to what was going on her with herself, to her trauma. I yeah. think mm-hmm. some people just want to be able to, it's almost like wear a t-shirt of their trauma. It's almost like their badge. And and I think that's, it gets in people's way. Most people that come to me aren't though, I don't think, mm. because there are people that are willing to do their own work. There are people that are willing to step outside their comfort zone and go to some strange person's house that they don't know and they <laughs> don't know what's going to happen, you know, and then, and I have people... Okay, nine out of ten people that come for soul retrieval fall sound asleep. Mm-hmm. Sound <laughs> I did. asleep, and mm-hmm. then sometimes, the like time, if though. I don't have a lot to do, maybe I'll leave them and go do laundry or something, and <laughs> I'll just leave them be. But I can't imagine going to some strange person's house, you know, and they're going to do some kind of a strange ritual. Well, back in the eighties, I did that quite often. No, they, just, they go right to they go right out. Mm-hmm. So um, it's almost like a relief. Mm-hmm. A relief yeah. just to be away from the trauma. Well, the one the the one time that Barb and I did it uh, privately because I was having so many messages coming in and it was waking me up in the middle of the night. I actually actually was sleepwalking. Oh my god! And um, was getting visions. So I went to Barb, and I 
cried the entire, which, you know, I, I don't care about crying, but I cried the entire time. And I kept seeing different snapshots of different parts of my life mm-hmm. and things going forward. And it was very emotionally purging, but it was really good. And it, it when I left, I actually felt like, okay, I got this. Oh, I can do wonderful. this. And that's, if there's anything I think that comes from that, it actually builds you back up inside where you think, you know, I'm not so broken. I'm not such a mess. So one of my favorite things that you do um, as part of your practice is the drumming. And I know you do drumming circles out at Willow Tree Wisdom. Mm-hmm. But explain to me about the, us about the drumming. So that's one of those things that Michael Harner, you know, kind of figured out in his travels, that there is a, it's a very monotonous beat. Um, Aboriginals, you know, you'll, you'll hear the click sticks, um, most cultures use drums or or um, some kind of percussion instrument. And the beat is it takes your brain from an alpha to a theta state. And that's really the state that you want to be in, you know, if you're meditating. But, you know, so I think that's why for people that can't meditate, sometimes they're drawn to shamanism because the, the, the drums do it for you. Mm-hmm. Um, when I started learning this, when I was taking the the foundation courses, you were taught that like that was the only way. Mm. But as you wow. kind of grow and work with spirits and meet other people, you realize there's lots of different ways to facilitate journeying. So, um, but I do like the drum. And it seems to make you go deeper. It does. As she's drumming that it... Did you, we had an experience. We were teaching a class together, the three of us, and Barb started drumming. And well... You were just talking about where we were going to go before she even started driving. Right. Katie you and, and I, I were there. there. We were yeah. flying away. She's, Barb was giving an intro to the class or kind of a cue-in about what was going to happen when she was drumming. And Michelle and I just had sat back and relaxed. We both started to go before Barb even was drumming. I think it was just like uh, psychic anticipation mm-hmm. of what we were supposed to do. And we'd done enough of this we've with done her enough that, of it with her that we both started to kind of leave our bodies a little bit which is, <laughs> it was kind of awesome it was wild so when you are doing the shamanic journeying explain what you kind of said briefly about the lower world mid world is that so, what it is you know and that that's a cultural thing you, okay it depends on um on your culture so um i have a friend that's a nepalese shaman mm-hmm they he he's pretty neat, um, and maybe someday he'll come to this area. But mm. they journey inside their body. Every all the different regions that they journey is inside themselves. Cool. Um, the Celts journey into the mist, you know, and that mm, mm. you know that that's something that you know if you've read those books or, mm-hmm. or yes. studied that history, you're aware of that. But most of your um, foundation shamans and your you know like Northern Europe. Probably South America. Um, I'm trying to think of what areas. Um, Mongolia. They go to worlds, you know. So you go to the lower world, the middle world, or the upper world. When we teach um, introduction to shamanism, we usually teach the lower world and the upper world. So the lower world is not hell. Everybody will say, well, is that like hell? No, it's not. But the lower world, um, I'm most comfortable there. And it's where you'll find, it's very, very green, very earthy. Um, a lot of times you'll find power animals in the lower world. Mm-hmm. 
you can find teachers in human form in the lower world. You can find power animals in the upper world, but that's usually. And they, um, I walked into a shop one time, and there was a painting. And they said, who did that? And they told me the artist's name, and they said, why? And they said, because I've been there. Mm. Is she a shamanic practitioner? And at one time, the either the foundation or the SSP were, were asking people to send in either drawn pictures or descriptions of places wow. that they'd been in non-ordinary reality because there are actual places that, um, oh, that's wonderful. you know, if you do this on a regular basis, you've been. You could walk into an art gallery and say, oh, that's I've been such there. and such. Yeah. yeah. That's really cool. That is cool. It's, it's like evidentiary type mm-hmm. of you know, shamanism. Not that we need to, but it's just nice to know. Oh, yeah, we've been there together. Meet you there tonight. <laughs> you know, it's well, pretty cool. We have a place. You know, I did the Sandy Ingerman's two year teacher training in Scotland, mm-hmm. and our group set up a common area that we can all go. Um, you know, like if you're feeling down, if you need a little pickup, we can leave gifts and mm. oh, um, wow, things that's incredible. for each other. And it is in non ordinary reality. So that is so cool. Yeah. Non ordinary reality. I like that. Um, do you think that there are certain characteristics that a person needs to possess to be a shaman? She's immediately, she's shaking her head no. no. <laughs> because Barb is, is so like open, like everybody do whatever they want. Like, you know, you can have your cake and eat it too. But I not? think that's the case. Yeah. So, you know, you, there was a woman and she came to classes and she came to gatherings and she did it for years. And nobody realized this until later, but she could not journey. And people said, well, why did you keep... And she's one of... She's a very powerful healer. She's a little famous at this point. But people said, why did you keep coming? And she said, because I knew I really wanted to. And I knew if I kept coming, if I kept showing up, eventually I'd get it. So um, I think that's true. I think that this was something that we were designed to do. So I don't... I'd be preaching to the choir if I told the two of you that everybody's born with some kind mm-hmm, of a gift mm-hmm. you know usually by the time they're three or four or five it's been they've been convinced that they don't have the gift but they've been hushed down mm-hmm. and told them that oh it's your imagination it's not real it's connection to source i think right and i think it's a beautiful thing if you disconnect that no wonder why you've got so many people wandering around feeling lost and not knowing what to do right right so would you do i know you would you please drum a little for us and and explain to our listeners maybe like a brief one and then even calling us back do you want to do a journey yeah sure yeah do you want to so um hell yeah we do (laughs) i have this weekend a class on introduction to shamanism but and that's the traditional you know lower world upper world Mm -hmm. and one of the first things that i teach or ask my students to do actually it's the second thing first thing i just want to see if they can get there, you know. Mm. But the second thing is, is to find a power animal. To find mm. a power animal who will be your guide. Um, and you may find that you have different power animals that you use for mm-hmm. different works. But you always have your power, your prime power animal. Um, so, yes, let's that, do that. Yeah, let's do yeah. Um, a yeah. Celtic journey because that way... <laughs> We're all Irish, though. Yeah, Yeah, we're all right. In this room, it's (laughs) all Irish. It it is. It's. It is a little bit like easier. You don't. You don't need to have so much metaphor. But um, we'll do a quick Celtic journey. Do we have a time thing or? Yeah, I can put. Do you want to? Yeah, because if I get going, you know, we could spend the rest of the. Do you want stopwatch or just the clock? Just put it for about 
five oh, minutes. Gotcha. Is five minutes okay. too long? Do you think? No, that's no. fine. I think that's great. All right. So, so is there any prepping if they want to do this along with us? So, yes. I mean, and if you find that you have an affinity towards this, then go learn. Um, Willowtreewisdom.com. So there's lots of good ways to learn. Um, but, you know, so this is just kind of a little taste for it. And you guys saw at the class the you know, there there were like four people crying when mm-hmm. we finished. Right, exactly. And so those are the people. It's like, yeah, they're meant to do this. They'll be back. But um, so I like to smudge. You know, I like to rattle first because you do want to tell your psyche or your soul or whatever it is that you're leaving the ordinary now for the extraordinary. Mm. So, you know, just, you know, whatever you've got to do internally to, to prepare yourself for that, do it. So we're going to do, um, I think we'll do a Celtic journey. Okay. And so what you want to do when I start drumming is you want to go outside to someplace that you're very familiar with. Okay. Um, so once you get there, I want you to look around and the, the mists will start to descend you know, so mm-hmm. the mist will start to descend Ooh. and then watch for the deer. So you're going to watch for a herd of deer. And when you see them, start to run with them. So mm. you're going to run with those deer and you're going to follow them. And they're going to lead you into a clearing. And then um, when you get into the clearing, the mists will go up and you will see your power animal. Awesome. I love this. I love and this. ask them, are you my power animal? You no. might say no. You, you might say yes, <laughs> you know, so, um, yeah, always ask when you're working with spirits, always ask, be certain. So are Great. you ready? I am ready. Should people be sitting, sitting down though, or laying down, <laughs> laying preferably? down or sitting down? You want to be comfortable. Okay. So the way that I was taught is you always laid down. Um, I'm getting old and so are a lot of my <laughs> clients. There's some people that like can't lay down on the ground. So, um, I would say however you're comfortable. You don't want to go to sleep. So, you know, like for me as a practitioner, that would be the most embarrassing thing that could happen is that a client would wake Snore. up and I would be sleeping. So I always Sorry. keep myself a little uncomfortable or a little cold or something because to me that would be like a fate worse than death. So um, Snoring away yeah. there. It's <laughs> terrible. Like the drum just stops. Like boom, boom, boom. So you don't, you don't want to fall asleep. You want to, you want to stay aware. So... Um, but you're gonna, so you're gonna step outside, you know, do a familiar place, and then spiritually though, not spiritually, yes, spiritually, or actually, you know, if you live someplace like like where I do, right. that's not hard for me to do at all. Um, you know, so step outside, and what the mist will descend. Watch for the deer, run with them until you come to a clearing, right, and then the animal should approach. Okay. Okay. Got so. It. Get comfy and listen in for the drumming. If you've never done this before, it's a great experience. So, okay, we're ready. Callback. Yes. So I'm going to play a callback beat in case anybody is listening. Um, (laughs) uh, You're so cute. When you hear this callback beat, it means it's time for you to come back. Mm -hmm. So go back into you know, find the deer herd. They should probably be hanging around waiting for you. Go back into the mist, run back with the deer, and come back to where you started. Um, thank whatever spirits came up. Thank the deer. You know, thank whoever you've worked with, and then come back. So this, I'm going to do this callback beat first. 
Great. Okay. Okay. Ready? Mm -hmm. Yep, we're ready. Close your eyes and relax.
Wow. That was incredible. Ooh. Barb, thank you for that. Yeah, that was thank amazing. You so much. So that's the second time you've done that journey with, uh, at least for me. Mm-hmm. And it's the same as it was last time. I can see the front of myself. I know. I, I actually think it's a different lifetime. Oh, wow. But I'm, I'm running and it's through the woods. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I'm going up a hill. I can see that it's daylight, like on the other side of the trees, and that it's going towards like a cliff area or rock area, and the deer. I'm I'm just running with the deer, but when we get to the mist area and the mist clears, it's always the same. I have the two horses, and it's a white horse and a black horse. And that's crazy because I have a white horse and a black horse normally, and then I I think I'm lazy when I'm journeying because I like to ride the horses. No, I have to like I I have to like greet them both, mm-hmm. and I get so close I can see the reflection in their eye oh my God, that I'm so that cool. close to them, and it's so real. And sometimes, either the white one or the black one will be more dominant. Mm-hmm. But tonight they were actually like side by side, like playful. Aww. So, um, but it's it's becoming like a go to place. No. So she's smiling at me. Because they were thinking, hey, thanks for coming back. <laughs> yeah, <'Cause that's> more <laughs> often. <laughs> yeah, right. You need to come more often. I do need to come more often. I had something completely different this time. Last time I had a lot of uphill. I had the white horse and we were running uphill. I ran, physically ran with a deer and I had a nice flowy outfit and I, I, I was blonde and I could see myself. I, I was a girl. I looked different and, you know, climbed and then I was on a bird and whatnot. This time... There was a bear, and I've never seen a bear before. And um, I asked her, are you my spirit guide? And he said, yep, <laughs> which I yeah. thought it was hilarious to actually hear. Where It's more usually like sign language, but I actually heard more now. Or like telepathy. You yes. kind of hear it, and you, you, I, I always you know kind it. of get the no, yeah. you know, the yes or no in my head from yeah. them. I agree with that, that it's not a real talk. It's It's an emotion. Yeah, you can feel it in your body. Feel it. So this time I went, we do and those. I went and I hibernated. Then I was riding around on a butterfly for a while. <laughs> it wasn't different. It was incredible. It was just incredible. And I'm so fast when I run with those deer. <laughs> mm. I love that. That is really beautiful. And the, yeah, the imagery so of it is, is so beautiful. I thought before, because the last couple of times prior to this that we had done it, I always went to the beach. I always went to the mm. water. And part of probably my own emotional state I would look up and I could tell if a storm was rolling in or it was bright and sunny and it would be like I'd walk out to the beach and it would be almost you know when it's sunny out on a beach it's like blinding but I would think it was my emotional state and I would meet them at the beach but the last two that I've done with Barb is up running up through the woods and all I can think of for people that watch these shows is the beginning of Outlander Oh, God, yeah. And she's running, and, you know, the music is playing, mm. but that's, of course, Celtic. So, yeah. With the pipes and, in the background. Yeah, Ooh. so for me, that's my heritage, and that actually is what I personally am attracted to. Um, and that, I haven't done a lot of teaching with that. That's more for, like, personal use with, mm-hmm. you know, like, friends and family or or clients that come for healing um teaching i pretty much stick to the foundation 
because it it is really a good way to learn. It keeps people safe. It gives right. them a good foundation and keeps them safe. I truly hope that if, if you if you you know kind of shy away from this, that you give this a shot with listening to the podcast to at least get your you know a little bit of your your spiritual toe wet in the pond, so you mm-hmm. you get an opportunity to try something. And it, it was completely as Barb knows when I first started this the first time she came to class. I kept thinking that drumming is going to be annoying. There's no <laughs> way that I'm going to be able to relax, but I'm just going to sit here and muster through it. And then we're like drilling it. And by the end of it, I was. It was like hard for me to come back. I was like, oh, I want to go back. Yeah. Well, that's been pretty well documented. I mean, that they've done all kinds of studies on with you know universities and electrodes and what have you and it does um, it's pretty amazing when you watch that when you see the brain waves change on a machine the cutest one and you two know this story the cutest one ever was i had brought my son nicholas (laughs) to one of our classes and um barb was doing the journeying for your spirit animal so everybody was laying on the floor and i was just hoping that he would have some sort of an experience with this and when he did it, he wakes up and everybody's talking and he looks at me and he goes, Mom, I saw I saw an elephant, but I saw it as a cartoon as Horton Hears a Who. <laughs> so he didn't think he didn't want to validate it because because it, it looked like a cartoon. So I said, Barb, can you help him out? And she said, let's go in the other room and we'll we'll drum. So we went in the other room and Barb um, had him lay out. And then she did the like her, her head was side by side with his. And they did the journeying, and they both saw it again while I drummed. <laughs> and um, he said, I saw it again. I saw the, the elephant. And she said, well, I would say, Nicholas, that's your, your power animal, your spirit <laughs> animal. And, um, and, and then, of course, much to my chagrin, after he turned 18, um, months, months later, comes home, and he says, Mom, i got to show you something. And he got the tattoo, <laughs> I love that. Uh, a tribal tattoo of the elephant, huge on his chest and down his arm. And I started to go, oh, like protest about it. And he goes, it's my spirit animal that Barb told me. I was like, like oh, all right, well, forget it. Then I can't say damn, anything. Damn, you can't say a thing. I can't say a thing. <laughs> so. Yeah, I've brought my mom. I've brought all of my kids. You know, I've never done a soul retrieval with you. Uh, personal, one-on-one. I've done it in class. I've never done one with you. I think I need to do that. I have. But I always bring my family, you know, we do that. Isn't that so much like your personality? Not me, man. It's all about me. (laughs) That's what the bear told me. I've got to make it about me. I've got to hibernate. We we cuddled in his den. I mean, appropriately. It sounded weird. You know, rested. (laughs) Oh, it's weird. (laughs) (laughs) God, Katie. But, oh, you're hilarious. That's great, though. Yeah, it was really amazing. Now, for people that do want to give this a go, give it a try, you have various classes and groups on willowtreewisdom.com. That's where you have, that's your site, and they can go there and look. And Yeah, there's a calendar. The classes are on there, and it's all on the Facebook page. So, And that's um, Willow Tree Wisdom. And we have a newsletter. So yeah, I love that. It came out today. the newsletter through the, um, the website. Through the website, yeah. And do you recommend any book? or other sources? I recommend a lot of books. Mm-hmm. So well, you are. You're a reader. Yeah, and you I'm, definitely... I'm, I'm a reader. You know, so if I have an interest in something besides journeying, I'll read six books on the subject. But, right. Um, so you get a good so, yeah. 360 on it. Yeah. Sandy Ingerman's got really good Her books, books out are great. for beginners. Um, 
I like Teddy Andrews, you know, so oh, I do too. So with my mm. students, if you're a student and you have a question, I will not answer your question. I know. She well, will not. I know. So, well, because <laughs> no matter how I much know. we whine. Because the, you know, so here we'll go to the Bible. The Bible says you are given a discerning heart, so mm-hmm. you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. So if I give you my truth, that's not making you free. You have the innate capability to find I the know, truth. I know, but I trust you. So, I just want you to tell me things. So my job as a teacher is to teach my students how to get good information um, for themselves, how to validate it, how to get consistently good information. But I have a if I have a client show up that either here for a healing, they're not going to pursue the shamanic path, and something comes up and they want to know, how do I find out more about it? I will say, look at, um, like anything by Teddy Andrews, so you know Teddy he was Andrews just, is great. Yeah, I, I've got a couple of his books. Yeah, yeah. Well, he, he's passed away. So yeah, um, he actually died when I was in Santa Fe. But his Aww. information is good. It was all journey based. So um, I take those books you know, to the that, beach that, with that me every I, year. I totally trust that. I will have people call and say, "Well, I read such and such about such and such," and it's like, "Where did you get that from?" And what's the answer? The internet. From the internet. <laughs> From the internet. <laughs> so for my herbal studies, my teacher is, um, I, I want to say was, but she's living. She's just not doing it anymore. So she's Native American, and she was tough. So when I started studying with her, I brought all my books that I loved. She ripped them up and threw them in the garbage. Oh, my god! She was like, it was like a... That's like a sacrilege. Was one, it was yeah. a New York Times. Was it Earl Mendel's Vitamin Bible? I don't know. But she was like, do you know who this guy is? He's he's a writer, a staff writer for the New York Times. He doesn't know anything about vitamins. They commissioned him to write this book. Ripped that up. Threw it in the garbage. And she went, proceeded to go through my, like, beloved Ouch. book collection and rip them and throw them in the garbage. You know, and so my takeaway from that was verify your sources. <laughs> verify, right? Exactly. And the journey, and the journey, uh, you connect that with your herbalism too. I think in some ways, because I remember that when my dad was sick and he had cancer, and Barb was working with him, um, you said he needs a mushroom. He needs a mushroom for treatment. So I go home and go to sleep that night. Well, in the I have a dream. In the dream, Barb and I are riding on a bus through the woods, and all of a sudden I look. And I look at Barb and I said, look at look at the turkeys inside the trees and their tails are sticking out. So I call Barb to tell her about my dream the next morning. She goes, I figured out what your father needs. I dreamt about our journey that I dreamt. He needs turkey tail. I'm like, no way. It was a That's mushroom. Crazy. And I saw them in the dream. We were there together riding on a bus through the woods. So that was, I always tell that story when I send people to you because it was just the most amazing thing. Hmm. So... You know, I'm a plant person. I talked to trees when I was a little kid. The thing was is that mm-hmm. they talked back. Mm-hmm. But, <laughs> you know. Um, Ditto. I think what I see with people that have been doing this for a long time is that you may find shamanic practitioners that are Reiki practitioners or mm-hmm. that are psychic or that, you know, they have different. It, did say, it does say that there are artists, a lot of, you know, right. different gifts and talents. Artists, and what's yeah. really cool right now as, you know, we're all starting to I think be told by our spirits that maybe we don't need to be practicing cookie cutter shamanism right that we are all given gifts and that we need to incorporate them you're just seeing some amazing people out there producing amazing work so. with your 
um, and you're a licensed, New York State licensed herbalist, correct? No, New York State doesn't license herbalists. So I am registered with the American Herbalist Guild. Okay. Which if you look at the amount of hours, it's like kind of like maybe having a master's degree with mm-hmm. the amount of um, like clinical hours you're required to do and the amount of um, actual book learning that you're supposed to do. and. And my teacher was one of the founding members of the American Herbalist Guild. She, um, when I started working with her, nothing was intuitive. Everything had to be by the book and by the oh, forms wow. and by the. So I oh, think wow. about because it was a it was a seven year apprenticeship. Well, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So you're p- putting things, in, you know, yeah. you're, you're taking things, ingesting things, and um, I almost said putting things in your mouth. <laughs> you are you know, basically. <laughs> But yeah. about seven, three yeah, years in, yeah. she started to let me sit in with her when she interviewed clients. And um, we had this fella, and after he left, she said, no, what does your gut tell you? And I was like, well, I'm not allowed to use my gut. And she's, oh, for God's sake, you did the book learning. Now, what does your gut tell you? <laughs> you know, so um, I do a lot of times will get things intuitively mm-hmm. um, f- for clients. Well, you've, you, I know you've, we've mm-hmm. seen you do it, mm-hmm. but I know you've done it for so I... Um, was suffering from horrible migraines, horrible, horrible, and I've talked about that before. And I, I truly had to make a life change. But Barb was the one; she was making dinner for us, and we were in her <laughs> kitchen. And she said, "You know what you need? You need more magnesium, and you need." And I was kind of like, "Okay." And at the same time, I was going to a neurologist, and within a week, I'm in his office, and he's asking me about how I'm doing, how I'm feeling. And he said, you know what you should be doing? You should be taking more magnesium. I thought, <laughs> dang, I didn't even have to have to come to the doctors. I got Barb. She was telling me this already. So it's. Um, I know that over the years we've said that about you many, many times mm-hmm. that you have been so spot on with um, health of our different family members. Oh, absolutely. And uh, assisting in so many ways. My daughter, um, Sarah, you've helped. So it's it's truly, truly miraculous how you how you discern what you do, but I know that it's ancient medicine. So I like how one time I mentioned <clears throat> something to you. Maybe it was Lyme disease. Something is becoming more prevalent. <clears throat> Excuse me. And you were saying, oh, well, whatever is a problem in an area, like nature will provide. Those plants didn't grow here before. Now they're growing because they're trying to help us. And that changed my whole perspective. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you know, when you see. There was a movie with Sean Con- uh, Connery, remember, and they were in the Amazon trying to cure cancer. Oh, yeah. And they were, they were leveling the Amazon mm-hmm. for, um, for agriculture. Yep. And, you know, he, just before they took away that last, he had found this cure, you know, and yeah. just before they took away that last quarter of an acre, he realized it wasn't the plants, it was the ants, you know, and mm-hmm. but then they were gone, and so that was gone, and that... Um, that used to bother me a lot. But, you know, plants have traveled around the globe as long as people have. Mm-hmm. And so I know, like, the state of New York gets really upset about certain invasive species. Mm. Um, governments do in general. But the, you know, like, so Lyme disease right now, which is so prevalent, you know, one of the invasives is knotweed. And that's, you know, one of the main components of of a holistic Lyme protocol. You've got kudzu. They call it the vine that ate the south. Are you familiar with mm-hmm. kudzu? Yeah. So I have a Cherokee friend, Nancy Basket, and she I call her the kudzu queen. She makes furniture out of it. She, <laughs> oh, wow. She makes paper. That's she said incredible. it's here. We should be using it instead of clear-cutting forests. But um, kudzu will like make alcoholics require less alcohol. Wow. And I found three or four research studies on that now where they're um, 
you know, where they're actually saying yes, they'll, you know, they'll they'll give them an un- unlimited amount of alcohol. You know, they can drink as much as they want, and like two days in, they're drinking about a quarter less. Wow, so a lot less so, damage so, yeah, to the they're, body. They're trying to look. In, I don't know if they're going to try to um, synthesize it somehow because you can't make billions of dollars off things that God. You can't patent plants unless you're Monsanto. But um, <laughs> you know, so there, there's nature loves us. You know, there's a lot of people out there that say it doesn't, and you know, man is evil, and but the plants don't think so. The no. Nature does love us and looks out for us, and a lot of the times these plants do show up as we need them. So that's great. How no. does somebody find you um, to either have a soul retrieval, learn more about shamanism, or your in the services phone book anymore? Nobody's so. <laughs> in the phone book, are they? Is there a phone book anymore? I don't think we have phone books anymore. <laughs> um, I have a website, so it's www.willowtreewisdom.com, and then there's the Facebook page. And the, I put more on the Facebook page just because it's easier. It's an easier format for me to use than the website. So Right. And okay. do you have any uh, upcoming events? A lot of upcoming events. Yeah, so, there's so much um, in the newsletter. Yeah, there's, there, there's, there's always events. Okay. Um, and then we've got, we're doing, we do a, We'd like to do a lot of charity things, you know. So part of a shamanic practice is community. Giving back. So we have um, Wish Fest for Make-A-Wish on the 27th. Um, the Psychic Fair, I think, is October 12th. And we're doing a oh, it auction is? for Make-A-Wish. Um, oh, good. At the Century Club also on, I think, September 22nd. Mm. So we try to stay, we, we, we try to, like, organize um, we had a fairy festival that was kind of fantastic. It was so much fun. So, and that was, am I allowed to say who we're raising money for? Yeah, I think <laughs> so. So that was Whispering Willow Wild Care, which is <clears throat> the bird of prey rescue, and they're in Altamont. And there's not a lot. It's very difficult to get a license. Um, but they lost their, they had a sponsor that used to give them rats and mice to feed the birds, and the guy's gone out of business or something. So it's $1,200 a month to keep those birds fed and then if you get one that's really injured you know that bumps it up so that was the purpose of the fairy festival was great um, how much did you raise i don't know (laughs) that's not my department (laughs) i know you know how i I provide the land and i provide the drum you know i told i you know how i am that would we had a really good committee for that so okay good um, i never pay attention to that i'm so bad i'm I'm such a scorpio and i'm not I'm all about that. What's going to happen? I tell you all the time, it's not the leprechauns and the unicorns that are going to bring you money. <laughs> we had a unicorn at the fairy festival. We did. We had a unicorn. I saw that. So cute. I my, saw my that. My husband's been a farmer all his life. And when he saw that animal, he said, oh, my God, where did you find a real one? <laughs> 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 if anyone could, Barb would. It's, that is true. <laughs> she would find the one person in, you know... In the in the whole upper northeast that ha- actually had a unicorn or a unicorn farm, <laughs> uh, Michelle, do you yes. have anything um, that's coming up or anything you're going to be working on that you want to share? Not really, not now. I kind of uh, put myself on a back burner. The the work part for summer, just a lot of vacations, yeah, and, and whatnot. Yeah. So I'm just kind of in neutral, you know, just gliding along. <clears throat> I still have, you know, I'm, I'm still booking. Uh, clients for the summer it's it's i'm booking it into august now so but um i will be putting together a dowsing level one workshop come fall 
because I have had a lot of interest in that as well. Tons of interest in that. Yeah. A lot of people want to know, know more about the pendulums and the dowsing. And right. every time we talk about it um, at a class, people go crazy over the dowsing rods. And I think it's because they can physically feel the energy. Yes. And I think it hypes them up because they realize it's an extension. It's the thing that we've always been saying yeah. we can see and hear. And they put those dowsing rods in their hands. Um, I, I was fortunate enough, so Michelle, exciting. let me play with them. And I brought them to the girls, yeah. all the girls. Oh, my God, those teenagers loved them. They went crazy. And they kept, I think they thought that each one of them was messing with it. Yes. And then they would put their hands on the on the dowsing it. rods and it would they would go crazy. <laughs> They'd ask the questions. And you could see their faces are going, oh, 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 you know, getting all excited. And I think that's one of the most beautiful things is when you help someone to do it themselves. Right. Because none of us wants groups of followers or this or that. No. We just want to do our job. And I think some of the most successful times are when you do your job and you don't hear from them again, or you just get an email, oh, I feel so much better. And you're like, oh, I did my job. You know, right. then you have gratitude for them and for the powers that be. But um, I love people's faces, <clears throat> excuse me, when they see that they're actually, especially people that think, I'm not going to be able to do this. I'm not gonna, you know, sometimes you'll get some people that the dowsing is not working, I'll go and I'll do a little clearing or give them Reiki and boom, it works. And they're so excited. It's like Christmas morning. So yeah. oh, well, we'll, be, we'll be looking, we'll talk about that more than on here. And we'll, Absolutely. We'll look for the, the class yeah. then and we'll, we'll post it. Barb, thank you so much thank you, Barb. for being here. And D. Scott was here. He set us up and he had other things to take care of this evening. So Busy we are man. very appreciative to D. Scott. Uh, reminder to our listeners Thank you so much for um, keeping up with us and checking. And please subscribe and like our podcast. And um, we are still running the contest. We're going to we pick are. somebody and read them live on the air. Um, so please, please make sure you guys are sharing our podcast with your friends and your family and that we get more subscriptions. And again, Barb, thank you so, so much. Thank you, Barb. You're welcome. And thanks for being our friend. Yeah, We have kind of a cool crew of people. <laughs> we do. We know are, you know, as we call them, the God Squad. Yes, um, we do. And, and you can always check in on my website, katiemanninghilton.com. And I have other events coming up, classes, as well as shows. I have a show this month at the casino, Rivers Casino. And mm. there's still tickets available July 23rd. So check guys, it out. It's a lot of fun. Thank you so much. <laughs> Thank you, Michelle. Thank you, Katie. Thanks so much. Bye. Bye. Bye, guys.